0: These are some of the stories of her life as a totally blind wife and mother bringing up two children, coping with running a home and taking care also of husband, a husband who was similarly disabled, were riveting to an almost inspiration, inspirational degree. To quote, but one of dozens of openings, she came into the show with what when she, was an, when she announced that she had just finished taking her knitting machine to pieces to effect to repair this from a nineteen seven year old blind since childhood, and you imagine you and I imagine sometimes that we have had problems. Thank you, ma'am. You meant so much and gave so much pleasure to so many people, and most particularly to me to have encountered you if only by way of a radio program was to become a rare priv- privilege indeed we should spend love m b e Producer, presenter, BBC, BBC South and East of England. The poem that follows was written for Nan on her ninetieth birthday by her friend Eileen, who went blind later in life. I'm sure you'll agree it gives us all food for thought. Happy birthday to you, Nan, who's never, who's never seen the light, but I have never heard a moan. Whatever's been her plight, with her dancing and her happy face, she's been God's gift to me. I felt so sorry for myself when first I could not see. I know of people in this world who have have the gift of sight, but never lift the, ever lift their eyes to skies ablaze with light. I have not known Nan very long, but long enough to find a world so full of happiness. Are we all a little blind? Perhaps we need to think about that one. Mavis Collins' daughter... Put together all the all of the stories, much more, and created a small book entitled tit- "Are We All a Little Blind" to be shared in the hope of giving everyone an insight into Nan's remarkable life. Bert Childs, I was born in Milram, Wellingborough, in nineteen eleven. My dad was a builder, and my mother a housewife. We moved to Findon in 1921, and we lived in Wellingborough Road, where buds and blooms are now. I learnt the apprenticeship skills of building, and my pay was five shillings for the first two years of my apprenticeship. I then spent two years as an improver, and my pay increased by two shillings. I left school at 14 and qualified when I was 20. I had to pay for my own clothes with the money I earned. I went to Wellingborough Technical College three nights a week after working during the day and studied building quantities, general building and maths. We had a gang of builders in Wellingborough Road on land where Shoe Factory had stood. The factory was burnt down when I was about 17. We were responsible for building a number of properties, including an avenue road, council yard, Tensor Lane, A6 garage, Houses near the War Memorial. Autry and Grange Farm in Timolso, Work on Lime Tree End. Maintenance work on Finden Hall. Shops for Goodmans. Front of the Co-op. Shop for Mrs Olney in Allen Road. Infant School in 1937 for £10,000. parlour houses in Eastfield Crescent. Hawthorne Road. Bungalows in Ewanfield Road. And air raid shelters in Rock Road. There used to be six butchers here and I think that Shelton's had two butchers. They owned a slaughterhouse in Regent Street. I recall that Stanley the postman lived at Lime Tree End. I think that they had bought Vindon Hall as an ecclesiastical um, Parsons retreat. It stood empty and deteriorating for years. Grange Farm. Wartime mem- memories. I remember making blackout frame- frames when... Chamberlain Decade War September 1939 We used packing case lining and Chamberlain um, and we put heavy lined curtains at the windows We used to have air raid wardens walking round telling you off if you smoked a cigarette in the street I was first stationed at Inverness Lord Lovett's Castle and was in the Royal Engineers I worked at Liverpool Street Dock directing the cargo as to where it should go This was in our training days I remember June the 8th, D-Day too, and the landing of infantry craft from the New Haven, where we were stationed waiting for the invasion. At Armament Deus, where the Mulberry Harbour was, we were forced to wade up to our necks and onto the shore. We then had to walk for several kilometres through sections of tapes where land had already been checked for bombs. When we eventually got to camp, we had to make our own billets, whilst their clothes dried on us. I was then in a party that went on to Rotterdam. We were at Brussels when 4,800 flying bombs were dropped and I dived when the billets were blasted. There was glass everywhere.